Howdy, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of TGC Midweek. Jacob and Michael back with you on the pod, continuing our series on spiritual disciplines. And Michael, we're talking about one this week that I do not like, and that's fasting. <laughs> I don't think anybody yes. would ever look at me and say, that's a man that fasts. He, so, he, he should fast a little bit more. That's, that's, that's right. What that's say. what they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be this will be an interesting one uh, to bat around. Um, before we do, what's going on with you? Anything uh, new in your quarantine life? I kind of wish I could say there was, but there's right. not. It's yep. uh, it's normal. Yep, every day is the same. Starting to get a little bit back to to normal slowly. Yeah, yeah, that feels good. Um, yeah. So hopefully sure. we can continue that trend forward. Yeah. So fasting, um, let's fasting. get into this. Um, I guess let's just start with what is fasting? What do we mean when we're, when we're talking about it? Um, mm-hmm. What does the Bible say about it? Yep. Fasting, the forgotten spiritual discipline. But uh, when you read the Bible, it was not forgotten. It was very much uh, in folks' minds. In fact, if you were a Jew in the first century, uh, devout Jews would fast twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays, typically. Um, and in their uh, counting of the week, they would do it twice a week. And you see it throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New. And fasting is basically... Uh, a Christian's or a follower of God's voluntary absence from food. And we can also talk about other items as we move along this podcast, what we can fast from. But the Bible talks about food and water, uh, abstaining from those two things for spiritual purposes. And there's really um, a few things to keep in mind when you think about fasting and um, abstaining from food and water. The first is that the motives and purposes are always supposed to be God-centered. And so we abstain from food so that we might focus more on who God is and what He's done and is doing and promises to do in our lives. The second thing is it's a voluntary discipline, and so it should be focused on our relationship with God. It's, it's not um, shouldn't necessarily be coerced. Um, it is a discipline, so it doesn't mean it's always nice or easy, um, but it's something that we should move into voluntarily um, as we're able and as we sense God's Spirit leading us into that practice. And then it's really used for spiritual purposes. So we abstain from physical pleasures or physical sustenance so that we can focus on our spiritual hungers um, and redirect those hungers to God Himself. And so a great way to think about fasting, actually, is to think about the fact that our physical bodies need food and water to survive. And in the Gospels, oftentimes you see Jesus talking about the fact that he um, has food that we do not know about, or um, his, his food is to do the will of the Father, he says sometimes in the Gospels. And just like our physical bodies crave food and water, they crave sustenance our souls do as well. And so the idea that we fast and deprive ourselves physically so that we might feel our spiritual hunger and thirst more acutely is one really, really helpful way to think about the discipline of fasting. And so we deprive our physical bodies so that we can be more in tune with our spirituality 
And we'll talk in a minute about our frailty and dependence on God to supply spiritual sustenance or nourishment for our souls. So you mentioned um, before that um, fasting is, is in the Bible, it's talked about food and water, but you said that there are other things from which we might fast. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, and so in the Bible, um, you know, in the first century, uh, bread and water was a big deal. In fact, people would spend most of their wake, uh, waking hours thinking about how they're going to secure their next meal. And um, they would work for it. They would, um, they would devote time and energy towards it. And so food and water was uh, a big deal, obviously, um, in that day and age. And to abstain from something that they focused so much on and basically, I guess, unclenched their hands and said, I'm going to not focus on this so that I can focus on God, um, was a way where they were able to nourish and and cultivate um, uh, kind of their spiritual formation. And we don't think about food and water in the same way that first century um, followers of Jesus or first century Jews did. We think about other things. Food and water normally is not on my mind at all during the day. Um, I mean, and praise the Lord for that. You know, it's like, gosh, we just don't think much about where our next meal's coming from. And that's a huge blessing uh, that we experience in this part of the world in this time in history. But we do think about other things that consume our thoughts and minds and energies And so there is, I think, a wise way that we can talk about fasting from other objects, potentially like fasting from social media or fasting from TV or fasting from even talking, you know, taking a silent retreat, fasting from sleep, fasting from uh, sex if you're a married person, fasting from people, um, being alone for a while. Um, fasting from certain comforts in your life or pleasures uh, that you think about often so that you can turn your attention and focus to God. Now, I think we both agree, Jacob, that um, we couldn't mandate those type of fasts, biblically speaking, Mm -hmm. uh, because the Bible does only talk about fasting from food. But I think that you can draw that application out and apply it uh, for wisdom's sake. Um, to apply to anything that our minds are geared towards or preoccupies our attention, times, and energies. Um, we could we could rightfully fast from those things to focus more of our attention and affections on God. Sure. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I'm just, I, I'm hesitant to abstract this so much in order to make it palatable, no pun sure. intended. Um, so I, I guess how should we think about those things versus... Um, fasting as it's traditionally yep. understood, which is oh, that's, literally yeah. don't Man. eat food. Well, yeah, that's a great way to put it. I mean, I think the primary way we fast is from food and mm-hmm. um, and physical sustenance. So that's primary. And yeah. I think we could talk about social media or Netflix or anything that, that draws our attention and affections away from God. I mean, social media and Netflix are good things. They're fun. Mm-hmm. They're entertaining. Um, but I mean... I know as well as anybody else that they can suck away my affection in ways that are disproportionate to what they should be. Sure. And so um, I think secondarily, we can talk about those type of fasts. They might be tertiary, for instance, you know, secondary or tertiary. But the primary way we fast is by foregoing uh, food and water, according to, to the Bible. 
And it's interesting that the Bible mentions fasting 77 times, and um, it mentions baptism, which is a sacrament, 75 times. Mm. And so the Bible talks a lot about fasting, Um, and uh, we just, for some reason in our culture, and I don't even, I haven't given enough thought and time to really um, think about why this is, we just don't talk about it much and engage in that practice um, as much as the Bible does talk about it. Yeah, I think it's just because we like to eat. <laughs> yeah, I think because f- food for us is 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 less about sustenance and more about pleasure. I think I mean, that might be a I, big deal. I love food. I mean, anytime Brittany can tell you, anytime we're watching like a movie or something, and and some guy orders a hamburger, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> so I yes. I think there's there's much more to it. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's different, but. When we, when we talk about fasting and specifically, you know, fasting as it's traditionally understood, is it, what kind of, what are the different kinds of fasts we see in the Bible? Because is it like, how long is the fast supposed to last? Is it literally all food and liquid, like nothing Mm -hmm. is consumed? Um, Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And so if we're going to talk about fasting, it's really the antithesis of gluttony and self-indulgence. It's the anonym of feasting. And so there's times in the Bible where you see it is appropriate to feast, and um, there's times where it's appropriate to fast and to abstain from feasting, uh, to feel our frailty. And you see a number of different types of fasts in the Bible. First, you kind of see a normal fast where you abstain from all food, Um, and you see this really in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4 with Jesus after he is baptized, he goes into the desert to be tempted by the devil, and he fasts for 40 days. And you get the sense that he's abstaining from food, but nowhere in the scriptures does it talk about him not drinking water. And so the abstention from food but not water is kind of how we normally understand mm-hmm. a fast, where you can still drink water but abstain from uh, physical sustenance um, that you might eat with your teeth and swallow with your mouth. Uh, You also see partial fasts where you kind of limit your diet, where you eat less or more of a simple food. And you see this in the book of Daniel, when Daniel is taken to Babylon and uh, the king wants to feed Daniel and his friends rich food from Babylon. And what do they do? They they follow God's commands and fast from that and eat vegetables. And and God blesses that fast uh, in their lives so that they can devote their their time and attention to him and what he's doing in that situation. Uh, you see an absolute fast where uh, all food and liquid or abstain from. Um, you sometimes see private fasts. I mean, this is this is typical, especially when we look at the Sermon on the Mount and the Gospels, where a fast shouldn't be noticed by or announced to others. It should just be between us and God uh, when we're fasting. We'll talk about that in just a minute. You also see congregational fasts where a certain portion of God's people are called to fast as a community. You can kind of see this in Joel chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Um, And then beyond that, you see even more like national fasts where a nation state is called to fast. Um, And so uh, where, you know, a whole group of folks, uh, even bigger than a a local congregational setting, um, fasts for God's work in their life. And then lastly, 
you see just regular fasts that are instituted um, in the Old Testament, specifically the Day of Atonement, which is a yearly Jewish feast. You can read about that in Leviticus chapter 16, uh, where it talks about a, a regular annual fast um, instituted by exiled Israelites, um, and specifically exiled Israelites. Uh, when they moved into Babylon, they fasted once a year uh, on the Day of Atonement. And um, so those are the different types of fasts you see, and you even see it today. I mean, for instance, our denomination, the PCA, joined with three or four or five other denominations recently and called for a national day of prayer and fasting uh, just a few weeks ago. And we announced that at Trinity Grace and encouraged folks to to engage in that day of prayer and fasting. And at that point, it was um, uh, you had the ability to kind of craft the fast the way that you wanted. And so, for instance, some families skipped breakfast or maybe skipped lunch um, in order to devote that 30 to 45 minutes to prayer and scripture reading specifically for the coronavirus and for God um, to work in such a way that he supernaturally pushes that virus back. Um, and so we even see this uh, in our own life. Uh, it's a little bit few and far between, but we see it today. Mm-hmm. So is He's there any national. kind of um, time frame that is uh, usual or expected for fasting? Because um, you talked about just a second ago, families fasting for a meal. But typically when I think about fasting, I'm thinking of like an entire day with no food. Like what is the, I don't know, standard or um, when we talk about fasting, is there a, any kind of time constraints around it? Yeah. Well, it's, I, I mean, off the top of my head, um, I can't think of in the scriptures, there's no time frame explicitly communicated. But I do think that in that context, Jesus and his disciples and those that were in conversation with them would have had in mind the typical Jewish fast, which likely would have happened um, from sundown to sundown, for instance. Mm-hmm. That's how they counted a day. And so if they fasted on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they would have fasted for uh, approximately 24 hours at a time, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but that's not necessarily mandated in Scripture. And so um, it really isn't about the time. That's devoted, I don't think. I mean, you do see a 40-day fast from Jesus, and I've even known people in my own life that have fasted for 40 days, um, and that's not recommended without medical <laughs> professional you know, yeah. um, input. But um, the idea of fasting, not so much about the time, but about the attention that you're drawing towards and the affections that you're pointing towards God, I think is the most important aspect of this spiritual discipline. Sure. So. so let's let's talk a little bit more about that and talk about the purposes of fasting. Why why would we want to engage in this spiritual discipline in the first place? Yeah, uh, I think a good place to go is Matthew chapter six. It's the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, there you see Jesus talking about prayer and fasting um, as he is um, preaching that sermon. And here's what he says about fasting in Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse sixteen. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces and their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, 
and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And so there's a number of implications that we can draw from just that short passage, uh, two or three verses from Jesus's mouth. It seems like there were uh, hypocrites or Pharisees or religious leaders in that day that were fasting, and they would let everyone know they were fasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they disfigure their faces. And it's interesting that Jesus says they've received their reward, which is praise from men. But he says, when you fast, I want you to fast privately so that you might receive a reward from the Father. Now, what is that reward? I mean, obviously, there's, there's some benefit to fasting. And I think we could make the argument that the benefit is we get more of God himself mm-hmm. as we um, deprive ourselves of certain pleasures so that we can turn our affections more to God and what he has done, what he's doing, and what he will do in our lives. And also, when we fast, for instance, I, I know you feel this, Jacob, because you like food so much, <laughs> you hear the grumbling in your tummy, you know? Oh, man. Like, if you fasted from breakfast, lunch, and dinner, by 7 o'clock that evening, your tom- your stomach would be growling, mm-hmm. you would feel faint, you might even feel frail, and there's an aspect of that that is really good for our spiritual lives because we realize how dependent we are. If we miss a meal or two, I mean, our bodies can't miss much more than that. And normally we don't feel that frailty in our lives, especially in our culture and in our country. Um, and so to fast from food can can actually uh, accentuate um, our feeling of our frailty, which is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not only do we hopefully get more of God, that's the reward, um, we get to pray uh, for extended periods of time. But feeling our frailty can be a reward in and of itself as well. And so um, as, we, as we engage in fasting, those are the, some of the spiritual rewards um, that we can experience. But it also seems to say, and Matt, Jesus seems to say, that don't let other folks know you're doing it. And so mm-hmm. um, it's between you and the Lord. Sure. Um, in- interesting, too, that he says when you fast, not like, hey, if you're going to do this thing. Yep. Um, he just says, it's just assumed. Absolutely. I mean, that that's a point that you could just gloss over, but he's just assuming, like you say, that people are going to do this. Mm-hmm. And just like he says, when you pray, pray like this. And mm-hmm. then he gives us the Lord's prayer. And so he throws prayer and fasting in, in the same bucket, so to speak, in terms of what he expects us to do as his followers. Yeah. Which can be a little bit convicting. Sure. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about f- fasting and practice. Um, how should folks who um, maybe are are new to this or, or haven't done this before? I I didn't grow up in a context where this was um, really talked about at all. So, how should people introduce themselves to the discipline of fasting? And then, while you're fasting, like, what do you what are you supposed to do? Sure. Um, you know, I think. Start. I mean, we, we say this with all the spiritual disciplines, especially prayer, like don't expect to pray for hours on end. Yeah. I mean, just pray for five minutes. And so it could be, as we talk about fasting, don't expect to do a 40-day fast. Um, 
uh, let's start smaller and uh, and try to you know exercise that fasting muscle mm-hmm. um, because it is a discipline. And so, what would it look like to abstain from maybe lunch one day at the office or mm. uh, maybe breakfast one day at home um, with your uh, while your kids are eating? Um, as a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're practicing that discipline of fasting and spending a little extra time in prayer that morning. Um, and so, starting small, I think, is important. Also, I, I mean, I'd go back to the secondary fasts that we talked about earlier. What does it look like to turn our phones off for a day um, or not to engage in social media for a week so that we can turn that attention from us scrolling social media to maybe us reading the scriptures on our iPhone instead of Twitter or Facebook? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus and not trying to sound legalistic there, but I mean, that that could be a good thing. I mean, it would be a good thing. Um, hard to do, but um, that would be a practice of fasting from something so that we could turn our attention to spiritual matters. Um, and so starting small is really important. Um, and, uh, you know, the idea of hungering and thirsting for God, I think that if we fast, we've got to be turning our attention to spiritual matters. On um, we're, we're depriving ourselves of one thing, uh, and it's meant to to show us how we are supposed to be hungering and thirsting for for God Himself. Um, so, how I miss Twitter or Facebook if I keep myself from doing it should be the way that I miss God's Word mm. if I'm not engaged in that practice, or the way that I miss prayer if I'm not engaged in that practice. And to be honest, it's not, but it shows me a way that I can pray in a way um, that I can seek uh, God's face in order to you know, help me to love the word just as much as I love X, Y, or Z. Help me to feel that I need prayer just as much as I feel that I need X, Y, or Z, for instance. And so oftentimes we go to food or friends or internet or material possessions. And instead of going to those things, we should really find satisfaction in God. And that's what sat- that's what fasting is all about. Um, so what are some objects that you would find beneficial to fast from is a great question to ask yourself, not just food and water, but more than that. Like what would what would be beneficial for you and for each person? It's different. You know, um, some some of us might overlap a lot, but um, some people might need to give up comic books. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Legos, knows? <laughs> um, fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, but. For instance, you could just start this week or this month. Uh, will you fast from a meal tomorrow or fast from a meal this work, this week and really dedicate yourself to pray and ask God to bless Trinity Grace or ask God to bless a specific relationship in your life or ask God to bless a specific ministry that you financially support and I think that's so important when we fast. It can't just be willy-nilly. It really Mm -hmm. needs to be focused potentially on a specific relationship or ministry or obstacle or decision that you have to make in your life. Yeah. And so— It's not just skipping skipping lunch at the office because you're busy. No. Um, In fact, I mean, it'd be better just to eat then. Yep. Um, but if, if Young Life, for instance, or RUF is on your heart, or Compassion International, the kid you support overseas, I mean, how amazing would it be to set aside a day a month, a lunch a month, to pray for uh, little Michelle that you support in Argentina, you know? 
um, and really devote just 30 minutes of concentrated prayer for her and her family and giving up some of your comfort, which would be food, to pray for God's blessing on her life in that ministry is really what fasting is all about. Yeah. Um, and so it can be a, a great spiritual discipline if we engage in it. And the other thing I mentioned too is that it's, um, you see fasting and feasting in the Bible. And one day at the end of time, when Christ returns, we will feast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that Jesus has been um, taken from us in a sense, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. It's a time for fasting in this fallen world. But one day we will fast no more. It'll be a time of feasting at the wedding supper of the Lamb when we sit with Jesus and our brothers and sisters in Christ and enjoy um, just rich food and drink and feast to his glory. But now that we live in this fallen world and we're fighting against sin, fasting is very much a spiritual discipline that Jesus calls us to engage in. Absolutely. I, I think that's a good place to wrap up the discussion. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we close out? I don't think so. The only thing I would add is this conversation has made me very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe God's calling you to fast tonight, Jacob. Oh, geez. I mean, we're having salad for dinner, so it's pretty hey. close. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I've got a friend. That's so funny you say that. I've got a friend who says, I had soup for dinner, so basically I didn't have dinner. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I had salad that's for right. dinner. So basically, I didn't have dinner. Yeah. Or what does I mean, what does Ron Swanson say about salad? Oh, it's it's the food my food eats. This yeah, it's it's the food my food eats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday we had um, we had chicken, uh, like like chicken breast, and yeah, um, with a little sauce that I made, and um, like two hours later, ninety minutes later, I was hungry, and she's like, "We just Brittany, my my wife was like, we just ate dinner." I was like, "Yeah, but we had chicken, which is basically a vegetable." <laughs> That's that's next level, man. Uh, that's next level Texan, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If there's no uh, if there's no meat juices running down my beard, it, it doesn't really count. <laughs> oh, we should okay. apologize to our wives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think we've hit the point of diminishing returns on that's this. Right. So I think we'll go ahead and close it out. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed this discussion about uh, fasting and the epilogue about uh, food. Um, If you've got questions about this, about fasting, or about any other of the spiritual disciplines, we'd love to take a crack at those. You can email those questions to questions at trinitygracesa.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Appreciate you tuning in this week, and until next time, we'll see you later.